welcome to the Activism Meet Impact podcast. I'm your host, Alexa, and we are already at the end of our plastic waste series. For the whole month of August, we've been learning about plastic waste and why it's a problem, and now we're getting into some of the solutions. So Emma's here today. She wrote all of the articles for the series, and she's done an awesome job teaching us about plastic waste. And today she's going to be talking a little bit about the policies that are being recommended to deal with this issue of plastic waste and to stop it from harming our environment. If you want to learn more about the topic, make sure you head over to Impactful. That's www.impactful.novelhand.com. There you can read all of the articles, listen to all the podcast episodes, and then also take action through our impact buttons. No matter how much time you have, there's an impact button for you. We've got one that's just a few minutes and then one that, you know, is a lifestyle change that you can, you know, start today and continue really for, for the rest of your life. And so make sure you head to Impactful to get really the full experience and to get engaged and, you know, participate in collective action towards ending uh, the issue of plastic waste in our society. And with that, I will leave it to Emma to tell us about this policy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Novel Hand podcast. My name is Emma Fagan, and I am the Environment and Sustainability Editor here at Novel Hand. And I'm kind of the woman behind the curtain on this month's impactful series on plastic waste. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about the whole series and then introduce um, our final podcast topic for this month in this series. Um, So for the Plastic Waste Impactful series, we've been looking at everything from ocean plastics to um, the zero waste movement and trying to look at real solutions to our plastic waste problems. It's so incredibly complex um, and such a just massive problem to undertake and find solutions to. I will confess that this has been a very sobering topic for me to write about this month because I've been moving into um, my apartment for college uh, while writing this series and have been uncomfortably aware of how much plastic I'm using. Um, It's been kind of fun for my roommate and I to start using our reusable bags and switch over to uh, reusable hand soap pumps so we're not, you know, keep, so we're not constantly buying Um, new hand soaps whenever we need them we just refill the old bottles Um, so little things like that have been great ways to kind of start reducing my plastic use Um, but at the same time I have ordered many things from the internet especially from Amazon which has been kind of painful to do uh, when they arrive all packaged up in plastic wrap and things like that but uh, learning to make conscious decisions about my plastic use has been pretty eye-opening. It's taught me a lot about how intentional I have to be to make these sort of changes in my own life. But for this week, I want to talk a little bit about policy instead. So my last article, we talked about finding solutions to plastic waste, whether it's taking action in your daily life, like I've been trying to do, or whether it's working for systemic change. And that's kind of the point I wanted to end on was that the only way we can really solve our plastic waste problem is going to be that systemic change where on a cultural level, we move away from disposable plastic products and into a culture where we just reuse what we have. Um, We recycle what we can't reuse anymore. um, And overall just minimize the amount of disposable um, products we're using. And towards the end, I mentioned supporting policies like the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act, 
which is currently circulating in Congress, um, in the US Congress. And I didn't really mention anything more than that during that article. So I wanted to kind of give you guys an overview of what the act is, um, what it would do, and um, just kind of the blueprint it lays out for a future that would be a lot less focused on disposable products on plastic um, and instead focused on a more circular um, economy and one that's really focused on reusables. So the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act was introduced in back in March of this year um, by Senator Jeff Merkley from Oregon and Representative Alan Lowenthal from California. So that's a little bit of personal state pride for me being from Oregon. I'm kind of excited to see that. Um, earlier in the series for our first podcast, we spoke, from, we spoke to Jennifer Congdon um, from Beyond Plastics, and that's a project that's working to kind of creatively reduce um, plastic pollution um, throughout all levels of you know, society, government, um, the economy, things like that. They refer to the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act as, quote, the gold standard of federal legislation to make meaningful reductions in the amount of plastic pollution in the US. Um, so they set very high, a very high bar for this act. Um, so kind of going through a summary that I've found um, on the act, it seems very holistic and comprehensive. Um, it includes concepts like extended producer responsibility, which we've talked vaguely about um, throughout this series. Um, it includes environmental justice, um, ideas, ways to address environmental justice through reducing plastic waste. Um, and it just is really, it really seems to be focused on breaking down this culture we've created of consumable disposable goods, um, which is really cool to see, um, but it's interesting to think about this coming from solely from an act of legislation. Um, so going through this bill, um, it is very dense. It contains a lot of different um, regulations or kind of attempts to restructure the economy almost. Um, so one of the big key points that they want to introduce here with this legislation is to um, bring in this idea of extended producer responsibility, which essentially would mean that the companies that produce products that end up as plastic waste also have to take care of those products once they are disposed of. So instead of local governments and municipalities having to be responsible for collecting plastic waste and making sure that they're the ones recycling it and cleaning it up, the producers now have to take over and take care of it themselves. So this legislation would require producers that make more than a million dollars a year or who produce more than quote, a ton of covered products. So um, all the products that this bill would include, um, they're the ones that have to clean it up now, not state or local governments. Um, and they are not only responsible for cleanup efforts, they also have to teach the public how to properly recycle their goods and do a lot of public awareness campaigning. So um, it doesn't just stop at those cleanup efforts. Uh, one of the main tools that it seems the federal government wants to use to do this is by creating what are called producer responsibility organizations or PROs. Um, and PROs show up throughout this bill. And basically what those are, these organizations would be kind of a collective of companies who produce similar products. So maybe everyone who produces 
plastic drink bottles or plastic bags. Um, all those companies get to get together, figure out um, how they're going to clean up their waste together so they can maybe form, you know, a recycling plant or a new um, organization that focuses specifically on taking in plastic bottles and recycling them. Um, it's a collection of all of those companies and a way for them to work together to clean up plastic waste instead of figuring out, okay, I will take responsibility for this city and you'll take responsibility for that city. They all just get to work together in one organization and kind of streamline the process. Um, so yeah, these PROs show up throughout the bill, whether that, whether it's working together to recycle things, to clean up things, or um, to educate the public. It seems that they really, this bill really focuses on creating those organizations of companies um, in order to do so. They also, as one, one section in this bill, would institute basically a national bottle bill, uh, which coming from Oregon, I know all about a bottle bill. I grew up with that um, at home. We have, in my house, we have a big green bag that we fill with all of our plastic and glass and metal bottles and cans. And then we stick our little barcode sticker on the bag and take it over to what we, what's called bottle drop. Basically, and you take you hand on the bag, they scan it, they sort all of the bottles and cans for you, and they give you a refund. So when you have, whenever you buy those drinks, you pay an extra 10 cents per bottle. And when you give the bottle back, they give you the 10 cents back, which is pretty nice. Um, I've seen groups use it as a fundraiser while they'll, they'll go door to door and collect the bottles and cans from everybody and then go turn them in for the funds. So you're basically donating that extra 10 cents you paid for the bottle um, to whatever sports team or other organization you um, gave your bottles to, which is pretty cool. Um, but instituting this nationwide would be a very ambitious goal, but it would be very cool to see. Um, I know it's other states who have proposed bottle bills have faced steep um, opposition. So it would be, I think it would be quite the challenge to implement it nationwide. However, if successful, it could be I think very effective um, just because that 10 cent incentive is really kind of fun where you get to go put your bottles in the machine and get money out of it. Um, so uh, that would be really cool to see. And the bill would allow states like Oregon who already have those recycling programs to just keep it if they want to or join the federal program, whatever they'd like. The bill also includes a lot of bans and restrictions. So there would include it would include a ban on plastic carryout bags entirely, um, also on plastic utensils. Things like plastic straws could still be available on request, which is good for those with disabilities who may need a straw to consume beverages, but it would reduce access to them tremendously and make them less of a convenience item. Um, it would also ban everything from food, um, takeout containers that are made of styrofoam, to those little travel soap bottles that hotels provide. Um, even the stickers on your fruit, if they're not compostable, you can't have them. So lots of restrictions and bans on kind of convenience plastic items, which we did explore a little bit throughout the series. Um, I've also written separate articles on um, plastic straw bans and why um, different states and municipalities have decided to enact those. Um, which you can check out. I'll probably put the link in the um, description for this podcast. Um, 
So it'd be interesting to see if those bans would be effective or not um, in reducing waste in general, but they are accompanied by a tax on other disposable bags that would be made of paper or other materials. So I think the overall goal is to encourage reusable bags, just bring your own and don't buy something or, you know, accept something from the store that you're just going to throw out later. Um, this also, this bill also includes a lot of different incentives for research. Um, so they want to conduct studies on everything from how e-cigarettes and tobacco products like cigarettes and cigars contribute to plastic waste to everything from microfibers um, in your clothing to fishing gear that just kind of floats around in the ocean to microplastics that end up everywhere in our environment. Um, it seems like this bill would start up a lot of research projects um, to test out different ways of capturing this plastic pollution or research just the general impact because um, some of these things we don't know the full impact of these different forms of plastic waste on the environment and on people yet. So this would produce hopefully a lot more research on that, which would be pretty cool to see. And then this also includes a lot of um, new regulations on labeling and on product design. So if you've ever looked at a plastic item, you've probably seen the three little arrows that are kind of going in a little triangle shape. And you think, oh, that's the recycling symbol. That's what we use all the time to indicate, oh, look, recycling, save the planet, little green arrows. That symbol does not actually mean that something is recyclable. Um, for plastic products, the triangle usually has a number in the middle. And that number indicates what type of plastic it is. And depending on the type of plastic, it may or may not be recyclable. So this labeling scheme has been very confusing. When it first started cropping up, it did confuse a lot of consumers because you just think, oh, triangle, recycling, throw it in the recycling bin, which is really not the case. And there's different reports suggesting that this may have been an act of plastic companies um, deciding to say, hey, if we put the symbol on the product, it will make it seem as though it's earth-friendly and recyclable, um, even when it's not. But the trouble is that it confuses consumers and would-be recyclers, um, so it doesn't exactly help our recycling program. So this bill would introduce new standards and regulations for those um, labels. So direct quote from this outline that I'm reading, it says products that are not recyclable shall not include shall not include confusing symbols such as the universal chasing arrow symbol. Um, so that little cute little recycling symbol has been deemed now confusing and not effective. So instead they want to introduce regulations that clearly indicate to people you can recycle this product, you can, can compost this product, or you can reuse it and maybe here's how. Um, they also want to introduce nationally standardized recycling and composting labeling systems. So across the country, wherever you are, you will always know what you can recycle, what you can compost, and where you can do that. So it seems to really, again, focus on creating this national economy that is focused on recycling and composting and reusing, something that we can all work together and do together 
because we all know what's going on. And coupled with um, all of those public awareness campaigns that the PROs will hopefully be implementing, everyone would know exactly what to do with their waste, with their um, plastic waste and products that they are trying to dispose of. Um, I really appreciate how holistic this bill is in covering all of the loopholes um, and making sure that producers know what's going on, consumers know what's going on, um, state and local governments know what to do. Um, everyone is kind of involved with this bill, which is great. And finally, it also addresses environmental justice issues, which has been very interesting to learn about. We didn't really have the time to address it. I was very disappointed um, with our other articles and podcasts. But I think Jennifer Congdon did mention it in our first podcast episode. She talked a little bit about how plastic production is a huge environmental justice issue just because of all of the chemicals and hazardous materials that are released from plastic production facilities, often they impact the communities that live directly around those facilities. And whether it's because of um, not in my backyard movements or zoning or just where these um, facilities have been placed, they disproportionately impact communities of um, color, people who are lower income and don't have maybe the political um, power to prevent these facilities from being placed in their communities. That's where all of that plastic pollution is going and is definitely disproportionately affecting them. So this bill would finally um, put a pause of three years maximum on new permits for plastic production facilities, plastic recycling facilities, plastic incineration facilities, anything that can produce um, air pollution, water pollution, things like that, they would allow no more new construction for three years. And then the EPA would spend that time and energy that it would normally use to give out those permits um, and enacting new re regulations on those um, pollutants from the plastic production um, and doing research on how it's affecting those communities, what they refer to as frontline communities in the bill. So looking at adverse health impacts um, and economic impacts to these communities and seeing what regulations can help them uh, instead of just allowing that plastic pollution to continue to impact them. So overall, this is a very, very big bill and a very dense bill. Um, but if it is to pass, if it ends up being passed in Congress, could really help us move towards a completely new way of living, um, free of disposable culture. And yeah, just really focused on creating a cleaner, more efficient world. Um, so it'll be exciting and interesting to see where this goes, um, whether or not it will pass all the way through Congress. This is actually a reintroduced bill. Um, it was first introduced last year in 2020. And by around the end of the summer, senators have started signaling that um, state and local governments should start using this bill as a template for their own smaller policies that they could enact at the local level, um, but it was not passed in 2020. So when it was reintroduced this year, they included several new concepts, including um, stuff on microfibers and more language concerning environmental justice and addressing the COVID-19 pandemic and making sure that um, personal protective equipment 
that's made from plastic is excluded from these regulations just to make sure we do have enough for um, all who need it. Um, so hopefully this bill will make it out of committee um, and down to a floor vote to maybe be passed and become law. Um, but along the way, it may face some alterations as many bills do. So um, I would definitely suggest keeping track of this bill and seeing where it goes. Um, and we'll include sources in the description for you to learn more about this bill and support it, send letters to senators or sign petitions um, in order to hopefully get this bill passed.